Welcome to everybody that's listening. Today I am with Nina and Nicoelle, and we're gonna have a really fun and just open conversation about energy work and spirituality. Uh, I'm gonna get you both to introduce yourselves, starting with Nina, if you just wanna give your name, where you're from, and a little bit about yourself, and then Nicoelle, if you wanna jump in right after Nina's done. Well, hi, my name is Nina. Um, where I'm from, that's, I mean, I live in Los Angeles as of today, but I'm literally moving tonight. So um, I, I guess you could say that I am living in Los Angeles, soon to be in the Washington DC area. I'm an astrologer and a core energy coach or life coach. And what else, anything else <laughs> that I should say? No, that's perfect. And what okay. about you, Nicoelle? Um, I'm Nicoelle, and uh, I'm in Lake Arrowhead, California. So I'm in the mountains in Southern California, and I'm a tarot reader. I've been reading tarot since I was like 14. I'm 32 now. And um, yeah, I'm also an aerialist. I've been doing that for a while. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I, I, I write and record meditations for YouTube. Um, barely got my YouTube started, like really getting people to subscribe and stuff, but still working on those watch hours. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's so exciting. Okay, so I have two questions for both of you. One being just a short, simple, like what, what's your sign? Uh, preferably give me all three, you know, your sun, moon and rising. And then two, what got you guys into astrology, tarot, all of it? So Nicole, do you want to go first? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Sun Sagittarius, um, Moon in Scorpio, and Rising Libra. So I'm kind of like a bunch of contradicting signs, I feel like. I'm a whole mess inside sometimes. It's okay. It's all good. But um, yeah, and then Tarot, you know, I was a dark teenager, like a very dark teenager, and I feel like Tarot, my mom gave me my first deck, and I only did it for myself from like 14 to 19, and then um, it really helped me through some dark times and introduced me to spirituality. Uh, and then, yeah, I just kept going with it. And then I started doing it for other people. And then slowly I started realizing like, hey, like I could actually turn this into a business and help people and like really help people. Um, and I throw energy work in there in the sessions as well. And so it just becomes like a whole all around unified mind, body, soul kind of thing. Amazing. What about you, Nina? So I'm an Aquarius with a Sagittarius moon and a Cancer rising. So I have like two things that are like really on the same page and then something that's like totally not on the same page at all, like bringing a whole new different element. And I got into astrology as a teenager too. I have just always been a real people person as in like, not necessarily like the most social and like, yeah, I love people, but I do. I do love interacting with people, but mostly I really care to understand people and get deep with people. And so it really just started with one day I heard what Mercury retrograde was and I was like, hmm, that sounds like if that's a thing that it makes sense. So it was just a rabbit hole from there of understanding everything that astrology really has to offer in terms of understanding people, helping people, and broadening my spiritual horizons in general. So when you say you fell down the rabbit hole, where did you start with acquiring your knowledge? So how did you start branching out? Because I know for myself too, in my spiritual journey, 
and this question is for both of you guys, but there can definitely be some rabbit holes where you get into some suddenly weird places where you're like, wait, <laughs> I think I've ventured to an odd corner. And hey, everybody has their odd corners. Like what's odd to me might not be odd to somebody else. But how did you know when you were exploring this new realm, what resonated with you and what you were like, ah, I think I've found my border. I think I've found my boundary. Well, it's interesting because astrology as a language came very, very naturally to me. I was, I went to Steiner school my whole life. If anyone knows what that is, it's very um, artistic and spiritual. And I was in that throughout my whole education. And, you know, astrology is sort of like sun signs and like, oh, this is what an Aquarius is. I probably found first on Tumblr, those like blog posts, but then really diving in was really on YouTube. There are so many great creators that just tell you, okay, so this is what uh, Venus and Aquarius means. This is what Mars and Libra means. And I knew that it resonated because I was like, wow, someone is putting into words something that I've never been able to fully articulate about myself. And it was, Alyssa Sharp was like the queen of astrology YouTube back in 2015, which is when I got into it, 2014. And so I got a reading from her and she taught me so much in my reading. But as soon as I got out of that reading, I was like, I feel like I know how to do this. Like, I feel like I could have, I mean, that sounds like a little conceited, but I was like, I feel like I could have done what she just did for me with my chart. And from there, it just became like an intuitive practice of, okay, so if this is the archetype of the sun, and this is the archetype of Aquarius, if this is the archetype of the moon, and this is the archetype of Sagittarius, how do those two things play into each other? So a lot of my practice is based on my interpretations of the world and the archetypes. And the more that I study things that have nothing to do with astrology, the more it really enriches my understanding of astrology, because astrology is just a different language to communicate about people and the world. Yeah, I could totally see that. It's almost like once you understand the translation, you see the energy everywhere. <laughs> like you're like, wait, like you almost start guessing people's signs. Uh, what about you, Nicola? Like where did you really branch into the world and, and start exploring all of the information? And how did you know like what resonated and what didn't? Yeah, I feel like it's it's definitely like a full body knowing of like, oh yes, that feels good. And like, ooh, er, like, I don't know about that, you know? So I think when I got into, um, I did this one tarot reading for myself and it was like a prediction based one and that I think hit my limit with tarot because so I was like, oh, I don't like the prediction based stuff. I like more the um, let's see what's going on around you and let's see what we can change about this to create a different outcome for yourself, a better outcome for yourself. And I remember one time, um, I don't remember how old I was, but my life was going pretty smoothly and then all of a sudden things started getting a little jumbled and I did a tarot reading and it was like, well, you're gonna lose your house and you're gonna lose your boyfriend and you're gonna lose this and you're gonna get an injury and like all this stuff and i freaked out i took a picture of the reading but i didn't finish reading it and i freaked out and i put it away sure enough in two weeks all of it happened and that was when i, I even took a break from tarot because that was my limit where i was like i don't necessarily want to know 
when things are going to happen like that, because that kind of, I don't know, something about it freaked me out. So then I, after like a few months of taking a break and then coming back to it, I started really finding my niche in tarot where it was like, let's create a spread together. So it's not like a set spread. And then let's, um, you know, it's a, it's a language as well. So it's like, let's communicate with your angels and let's see what your angels have been trying to tell you and trying to like the messages they're trying to give you. And um, let's see how we can better improve yourself now, your life now, your situation now, based on what energy you hold, what thoughts you hold, and what's kind of inside of you that needs to go and what kind of, you know, you need to deepen into, if that makes sense. So I think that was kind of like my limit with tarot and then being like, okay, now I can find my niche in how I truly want to help people. Um, and so when people come to me for like love readings, I don't really do that. When people come to me for future-based readings, don't really do that. So I'm like, okay, I have a very unique skill set in reading tarot and um, combining it with communicating with their angels to really provide you know, that clarity around the present moment. Amazing. So it almost sounds like both of you guys got into it and then really trusted your intuition. Like it was almost like you found some information, you found some inspiration, but as you did, it was like, oh, okay, intuitively this seems right, this seems wrong, or like, I feel like I could do that, or I tried that and I can do it, but I don't really want to do it. <laughs> um, Nina, you mentioned a YouTuber and Nicoelle, you said it was your mom that got you your first tarot deck. So I'm curious, when you guys are going through things or just in general, who do you turn to as your own inspiration in this whole spiritual world? Nicoelle, if you want to start. Huh, that's that's a, that's a deep question for sure. Um, yeah, my mom was into tarot for a while and then she um, kind of like blocked out her own spirituality so she's not really into it as much. Um, what was interesting is that um, one of my grandmothers gave me a different uh, tarot deck that was a lot lighter and a lot more um, based on peace and nature and um, I can't remember, I think it's the Medicine Woman tarot deck. It's a really old deck, it comes with a giant book of um, meditations to do with the card and uh, music to do with the, to listen with the card and little book excerpts that relate to the card and that um, really got me and she had my grandmother also gave me this stack of books um, from who was it Sanaya Roman and it's to this day still meditations I use and books that I reread over and over and over again. And so for me, I feel like she passed away, um, but I kind of turned to her in those. And it, that sounds kind of weird because, I mean, she's passed away, but I definitely turned to her a lot um, and going into meditation and just like calling upon her and asking her to like, you know, give me guidance and stuff. And I'm always very intuitive with um, the guidance that she gives. And I've had so many instances where I've asked for something um, and just in a few days, I'm like, oh, that was my grandma. That was for sure my grandma. And like, that's kind of how I gain my, um, just like my comfort in the spiritual world when I'm not feeling so, you know, spiritual. Cause we have those moments where we're like, I don't know if I believe in it anymore. And then you're like, please help, you know, please support me. And then, you know, all the support comes through. That's amazing. So it was like passed down knowledge and materials pretty much from your grandma. I don't think that sounds weird at all, by the way. I feel like as soon as as soon as you have a very deep bond, especially with certain people, even once they pass, like their wisdom lives within you. So I feel like that makes so much sense. Uh, what about you, Nina? Like, who do you turn to and who inspires you in this world? Yeah, I'm definitely a very firm believer that all of the answers sort of lie within ourselves. 
And so even if we're going to someone for guidance, the sort of guidance goal, I think should usually be to question more, well, what's going on within you? And sort of instead of giving answers to unpack, you know, well, what are the answers that already lie within you? So I have like, uh, my parents, my boyfriend, they're all great, but they're also very much like fixers. So when I come to them with like, oh, I'm going through this, I'm stressed about this, whatnot, it sometimes sounds a little invalidating of like, well, it's everything's gonna be okay, all of that's gonna be okay. Cause in my core, I'm like, I know everything's gonna be okay, but just tell me that like, wow, you're going through it for, for a second, right? So I feel like, I mean, actually, when, something that you mentioned on one of your talk, coffee talks like years ago was one of these like strength tests that I ended up taking and faith was like my biggest strength, which I really related to. I feel like my own sense of faith, if I just like dig deep enough, it's always there no matter what I'm going through. But I'm also very lucky that through the coach training program that I went to, I have so many coach friends who are also in that mindset of like, I'm not gonna try and fix you. I'm not gonna try and like give you the answers or give you advice or tell you what to do. Uh, they're more schooled in this sort of system of helping the person come to their own empowered answers. So I'm very lucky to have that. In a sense, it sounds like even if you do find answers in other people, it's only just like a reflection of something you might already know deep inside yourself. Otherwise, we wouldn't make that connection. Reflection is such a good word because it's that's what you're looking for, I feel like, when you're looking for advice from other people. It's like, tell me what I already know. <laughs> Reflect on <laughs> what I want to hear or what I'm not willing to hear if it only comes from myself. But if you validate that, I'm more willing to hear it. You know what I mean? Totally. Do you feel like, and I'll start with you, Nina, but again, question for both of you. Have you ever struggled with your spirituality? Have you ever lost your sense of faith or that trust or that connection, whether it was like an external situation that made you feel like life is unfair or something, or whether it was more internal where you struggled with maybe trusting your intuition or feeling like, like Nicoelle, you said this, but like, do I really believe this anymore? I don't know. So if you've had that experience, do you mind talking about it and how you coasted through that? Starting with you, Nina. Interestingly, I think that sometimes going too far into the tools of spirituality can make you sort of like lose your footing in your own personal sense of intuition and spirituality. So I've had periods of my life in which I was dealing with a lot, a lot of anxiety and I just turned to oracle cards so much. I turned to like signs and numerology so much, just like so anxious and like I couldn't trust my own internal guidance. So that's, it, it doesn't really, that, that's not exactly an instance of losing my sense of, you know, oh, is this really real or can I really trust this? But more so like, well, what is fear? What is anxiety and what is intuition? I think that's like a big thing that a lot of people can struggle with because both sometimes feel the same. What I've sort of learned is that your intuition doesn't really have an agenda. It's not trying to like protect you from something. It's not trying to 
like take you to where you cerebrally want to go. So if your anxiety or your fears are like coming from a more logical place, like, oh, if this happened to me before, it's going to happen again. It usually isn't my intuition. But I've also had instances where like a lot of people don't respect astrology. <laughs> and so when I get a lot of that feedback, that can make me feel a little discouraged. But ultimately when it's an outside source, sort of trying to mess with my sense of faith, um, that can't penetrate too deeply into my core of faith. Right. Actually, I feel like what you were originally saying too, I've, I've identified with that before as well, where getting into the tools and at first, especially when you first discover things like astrology and tarot and you first start to understand it and it clicks with your intuition and it's that super exciting new ride. And then there does come almost like this, whether you call it a test or a dark night or whatever it is, but all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. I feel so unstable, so anxious where, yeah, it's like you stop trusting your own feelings, your own intuition. And it's like, okay, every day I need to do a tarot reading or every day I need to journal or every day I need to like read my energy. And it almost becomes an anxiety induced habit. So I actually do feel like that was a really good answer because I think a lot of people go into spirituality, tarot, anything, astrology with really good intentions, but sometimes it can become like a crutch and you stop trusting your intuition and you start trusting like either the guidebooks or other people a little bit too heavily. And, and I think that can happen with almost any good intended thing in life. It doesn't have to even be spirituality or whatever. It could be exercising or like any healthy habit, anything that makes somebody feel really good. So that actually makes a lot of sense. What about you, Nicolelle? Have you ever struggled with your spirituality or believing in this realm and in and, and all of it? Like, and how did you coast through that? Yeah, so I actually, I third everything you guys were saying because I definitely have gotten stuck in the whole uh, rehashing the past over and over and over again in your journal. And just like, instead of being constructive with it, you end up falling into it more, you know what I mean? And then like, the pain of it like gets you and then you almost like have to like claw your way back out um so to speak so I feel like I and I've had clients do the same thing where I've had to like tell them like you need to take a break on the journaling <laughs> like you know you need to take a break on the meditating structurally like that you know so I third that and then um yeah you know I had a really uh big fallout with my spirituality because uh, I had utilized my, my angels, my guides, my tarot, my manifestation skills to kind of build this life that I had for a while with um, with aerial arts and uh, kind of like working my way up at the studio and, that I worked at and, uh, you know, moving out of my mom's house and all these different things that started happening. And before that, I was in a really, really dark place. Like years before um, I discovered spirituality, I was so in a dark place. And so I came out of that and I'm very proud of myself for having done that. But once I started getting into it and I had a few really, really great years of everything working smoothly, everything being so perfect, like to the point where I'm like, I'm performing at these places, I'm creating these shows, I'm helping students believe in themselves, like I'm doing tarot readings and all these things. And then I started overworking myself and I started getting a lot of injuries and my boss started getting kind of crazy and there's a lot of different external circumstances started happening. And I know that it was, it was, this, this might sound interesting to you guys, but I feel like 
it was me starting to rely more on the external of like, oh, look at all this positive feedback I'm getting. Look at all these manifestations that are happening. And I started living in the external and I forgot about what took me there, what brought me there, what like made it all happen. And, um, you know, the injuries started happening. There was like a year where I had, it was like five injuries in one year. And I got kicked out of all the shows that I myself had produced. And it was the one of the hardest years of my entire life. And I couldn't even like demonstrate things because I was going to work with like just so much pain in my body. Um, and I had to keep working because I had so many people relying on me. And it wasn't until, you know, it's interesting. I started kind of coming out of it towards right before the pandemic hit, but it wasn't until the pandemic hit that I was able to breathe again because the studio closed. And I was like, whoa, what kind of wild ride was I on right there? So yeah, I feel like I fell into even like, um, you know, the same depression that I had prior to finding my spirituality. And it took me a good like year of the pandemic to be sitting at home in the forest. Thank goodness I live in nature and just being able to heal from that. And I'm still kind of slowly, you know, um, making my way back into my spirituality, but it's been, it's been a, it's been quite a journey for sure. And I feel like when you start relying on the external circumstances, you have to really gain that um, courage to flip it back and like come back into the faith and not rely on what is or isn't going on around you. You know what I mean? Totally. You just made me think too of, and I feel like we've kind of all touched on this a time or two already in this conversation, but this idea of, I mean, there's two representations of it, but one being intuition versus fear and finding that balance and being able to be aware of it. And also to the balance of living in an external world, but staying tapped into the internal, because I feel like even those two things can fall out of balance. And I think the vast majority of people that maybe aren't as spiritual or perhaps even religious or, or have that sense of inner faith can sometimes be very externally driven. And so then you have the other, the other pendulum swing of that scale of you can get really into spirituality, you can get really into religion. It doesn't even have to be either of those things either. You could get just really into, uh, it could be philosophy, it could be intelligence, but it becomes so internal that people stop living externally. Such a workaround way of asking the question of how do you guys keep your balance and keep your groundedness in spirituality when dealing with external versus internal? and also fear versus intuition. Nicole, if you wanna go first. Mm -hmm. I, feel like, I feel like meditation is probably my biggest tool for that. Um, and if I, if I don't, and I don't do it so structurally where I'm like, okay, every day at six o'clock a.m. I have to meditate. It's more like, and, it, and it's not even you know structural in terms of every day it has to be the same meditation. I definitely, try, I've learned that I have to keep a flow with it. Cause if I don't, then I get too rigid and I feel too planned out and it feels more like a chore. So I feel like as soon as I start to feel any, you know, any kinds of reactions from the, the external world, I have to come in, I have to do some kind of breathing work, some kind of energy work inside um, internally to be able to just like really ground that energy and remember that whatever's happening whatever's happening externally it doesn't have to affect you so much internally and so i feel like when you flow from the internal to the external you have to find a way that works for you whether it is structurally meditating every day at 6 a.m or it's like okay today i want to do a guided meditation or today i do want to do some mudras or today i do want to do this and and then it's a lot of just like hand on the heart, hand on the belly and like 
relaxing and letting those emotions um, just kind of like express themselves through you instead of pushing it down or trying to just get rid of it or fix it as we were talking about being fixers you don't want to fix it either um, and then being able to come back into that external reality and be like okay we can keep this like we don't have to lose this inner feeling in order to live externally and interact with other people that might not be on the same wavelength not that anyone's above or below but you know what i mean like in that same vibe so you're not going around being reactive to everything you know that's a really good answer uh, what about you, Nina? I definitely can have the tendency of absorbing everything from the external and making it internal. Like everything that goes on in my relationships, in my work life, whatever. I make the opportunity of like, well, what is this saying about myself? What is this a reflection of inside of me? And so that can definitely be a little like, um, I can put you in a bit of a stuck position where you're spending so much time, I shouldn't say you, where I'm spending so much time inside of myself that I'm not really like reaping the fruits of the external world. But I definitely think that they all like flow into each other. Everything that happens sort of externally is essentially from your actions and what you are capable of doing usually comes from what you think you're capable of doing. So what I'm trying to do more is instead of like having such a sensitive boundary from the external world and letting it affect me so much, sort of trying to take more action of, well, this is what I want to produce in my external world. And sometimes that means like, well, really what it's meaning for me right now is just having more boundaries, like not letting everything affect me and not having such a heart for things outside of me that I let things that, I, that are not necessarily productive for me into my internal world and into my space which is difficult as like I know this is sort of like a meme but as an empath it's difficult to really have that boundary sometimes but that's sort of another balance I know you asked me like well what it or you asked us what is the balance of the internal and the external and another balance is between being open and having boundaries with that flow within the internal, external. I don't know, I feel like everything that I just said was very like woozy woozy mumbo jumbo. I hope that it made sense. It did, it totally made sense. Uh, finding that boundary to be able to be like, okay, I can be this open or this external, but now it's time for me to shut my doors and go internally, which Nicole, you pretty much said too, where it's like, okay, I can go with the flow and, but all of a sudden it's like, okay, time to meditate. And uh, today, this is what's calling to me. Um, Nina, something you just said just stuck out to me and it's something I struggle with with my spirituality too. So I'm going to ask both of you now. Uh, you said that it's like a meme to be empathic. And I also feel like astrology has become extremely memeable, even some tarot like, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, everybody's going to express it in different ways, but sometimes I'll be scrolling on Instagram and it'll be like a Pisces be like this. And I'm like, that's not really a Pisces thing. That's just like an everybody thing. <laughs> and like, it becomes like trendy in a sense, but also um, sometimes becomes the punchline of the joke. And 
can like I know you said earlier Nina can sometimes make you feel like woof like that's not making me necessarily question it deeply but it's making me feel like am I safe to express my spirituality so starting with you Nina how do you deal with that energy especially with social media becoming what it is it's an amazing thing when accessing tools to learn more and connect with more people that are in to the same things but at the same time there's also this whole other side where it's like making a laugh out of it or making a joke out of something that to some can be a deeply powerful thing. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, it's definitely not a black and white thing. Like I'm not anti memes by any means, uh, by any means. Um, but it does create a, a difficult situation when people think that that's all there is to astrology and memes just in general and astrology memes just tend to be very shallow and there's a place for that. And I think that it can even be a good thing if you relate to a meme and you find some sort of validation in that and that causes you to explore a little further into astrology and understand really the depth of what it has to offer. I just don't think that anyone should take anything at sort of face value and certainly it's frustrating when people think that that's all that there is to it. Um, but it certainly has its place for, for, you know, a little laugh here and there. I have my frustrations like every single Aquarius meme is like Aquarius is an alien and has no feelings and I'm like Maybe the uh, isolated archetype of Aquarius might be, but it also becomes difficult when you're making broad generalizations about people, which believe it or not, is not what astrology really is because every single person is more than a sun sign, is more than a moon sign, is more than a big three. Every single person is so unique and the chart reflects that. Um, so, it can definitely be a, a double-edged sword, the memification or the, the trendiness of spirituality in general. And I would just encourage anyone to not take these isolated things at face value because there really is so much more to it. Totally. What about you, Nicole? You know, it's so interesting that you asked that because when I first started, um, I think it was like 2008 is when I first started meditating and everything and that was back before it was like trendy and I used to post on my MySpace, you know, like meditating and um, and I would get made fun of like I was a party girl before that and so all the people I used to party with, they would hardcore make fun of me for it and um, so it made me feel like back then it made me feel like am I safe to like express myself in these ways, you know, and then when it started getting trendy, I started getting frustrated because I was like, everyone used to make fun of me for this. This is so crazy that it's getting trendy. And I'm so happy that it is trendy because it's really invited more people into it. So it doesn't make me mad at all, but there is that frustration when there are memes about meditation or law of attraction or manifestation or whatever. That's like, all you have to do is this or all you have, and it makes it seem so overly simplified, which it can be simple, but at the same time, when I get clients who feel that way about it and they come to me for certain things and then I start guiding them, I'm like, this is serious inner work. Like this isn't, you know, it's not just like you sit there and you're like, oh, like it's really 
serious deep inner work and when you're actually paying attention to what's going on inside of you and the energy and you start to really understand it um you know it becomes super powerful and so i always try to encourage my clients as well and and just like audience or whoever's watching to just like take it for take it for what you are curious about with it if that makes sense like take it if you're curious about it like go into it but don't like like you guys said don't take it at face value and also um just like i don't even know how to say it be aware of the journey you're about to undertake because it is so powerful and it is so much um facing yourself and facing your inner demons and facing whatever's going on within you your inner shadows and really taking the time to face like the past and everything that hurt you and everything that shaped you and everything that taught you you were unworthy you know um so yeah i feel like the meme thing it's it, it's been an interesting journey for me because i've watched it all happen since the beginning when i started and being made fun of and then i had people who were making fun of me start asking me like wait so what is this meditation thing you're talking about and i'm like interesting and then of course i help you know of course i support because i'm not i'm not one of those people that's like oh i'm better than you in spirituality it's like no if you're curious about it get into it because it really does lead you on a great journey just don't think that if you don't see results right away don't just like leave it because it's not what the meme said it would be. You know what I mean? So it's a very interesting world now that it's so trendy and the coaching industry is so just packed with people now. And I'm just like, wow, you know, and you really have to take your own intuition with it and um, really find what feels good to you and really find what like, you know, let it take you down rabbit holes and then go through that same thing we were talking about in that first question where it's like going down those rabbit holes but then figuring out what resonates and what doesn't mm -hmm. where it's like it can sometimes be so generalized or so simplified where people are like oh, okay so I'm just the this sign which means this about me and it's like taking external information to be like okay that must be who I am rather than being like you could find that out inside mm -hmm. or showing up and being like okay I want to manifest a brand new life help me. And it's like, well, you like, you got to go in, you got to remove all of these blockages, which isn't fun work to do. So it definitely makes sense. And I also feel like it, it's just also a sign of the times that we want things really fast on demand. We want to learn things overnight. We want to know things instantly. Uh, sometimes we don't always want to put in lots of work. So it's like an interesting path to be on because there is that double-edged sword was a perfect way to put it. Of just like, it's such an amazing path to take if someone does choose to take it but at the same time as you're walking the path there's like people along the sidelines like either like laughing or making a joke out of it but it's also it's all in light fun I feel like everything gets memed nowadays anyway um so just to detour a little bit I know both of you have talked about working with clients and using your skills your talents your passions to help people so back to balance how do you guys balance that with keeping space for your own spirituality and having that boundary because it is an amazing thing to use that passion, use that talent to help other people. Do you find that it ever becomes so much that you some like you sometimes don't take as much time for yourself to do the work? Uh, Nicoelle, if you want to go first. Oh yeah, that's like it happens all the time, and it's just one of those things that it's a practice, you know. And it, I don't think I don't think we'll all ever get to a point where it's like we don't have those um conflicts arise because it's kind of like i mean we grow in like this circular kind of pattern so it's like we kind of revisit certain things and i feel like taking time for yourself is one of those lessons that we have to learn over and over and over again and um 
And for me with clients, I know I've definitely had instances where the energy has been switched or swapped in some way and I can feel what they're talking about and then they start feeling super uppity and I'm like, okay, great, you know, we're, I'm, I'm helping you transmute this energy and then I have to like close out and then be like, okay, I'm still holding this. Like I need to be able to transmute it myself and not take it on and believe it as me. And I feel like I did struggle with that in the first few years of working with people. I would um, leave clients' houses or something and like feel this icky feeling. And I'm like, what is this? Like, I felt so great before this. This is so interesting. And then realize like, oh, that's not me though. That's like not my energy. That's the energy that I just talked with the client about and she's working through. And so I've had to learn to, you know, take time for myself in, in terms of like nature. Nature, I think is a big, a big rebalancing tool is just to be able to ground yourself and let all that energy flow down into the earth and let it be transmuted. And then um, just like understand, like if you spend more and more time with yourself and your own energy and you spend more and more time solidifying your own energy and familiarizing yourself with your personal signature frequency, then I feel like you start to understand more and more like, oh, that's from a client. Okay, we're not, we're, we're helping them through it, but we don't gotta take that in. You know, we don't have to hold that for them. We just have to help them work through it and help them find their answers that they already have within. But I don't have to take that, you know? And, um, and I feel like social media is such a hard thing too, because I mean, most of my business is on social media and I have, I'm such an introvert that it's so hard for me to have that balance between putting myself out there every day and sharing myself every day and, being there for the audience every single day, but then really understanding like, whoo, like I'm exposing my energy and opening myself up to receive that energy too. So, I mean, I take a lot of breaks. I try to take a lot of breaks from social media and just spend, like I said, more and more time in my own frequency so that I understand what's mine and what's not mine. And then I feel like that really helps to help, that helps you help others because you're not necessarily I don't know, like you're not necessarily taking it on or making it like some huge thing, if that makes sense. I don't know if anything that I just said makes sense. No, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And I can definitely relate to being a bit more introverted, but putting yourself out there and exposing your energy. And then it can sometimes be overwhelming. It's an amazing thing, but it can still be overstimulating might be a better word for it when you're getting energy in return too. And it's like, oh, and I mean, we're not built to interact with this many people, right? Like social media technology, it's an amazing thing. But again, double-edged sword, it taps us into so much excess energy that we've never been tapped into before. So I feel like your answer was great. What about you, Nino? When you work with clients, how do you balance being able to put yourself out there and to help other clients, but also still take the time to nurture your own spirituality, nurture your own energy? So I think one good rule of thumb is that every good coach has a coach. And so to have that like time where I'm also allowed to be the client and I'm allowed to like talk about my stuff and work through my stuff. And sometimes my stuff is like, well, I'm reacting in this particular way to a client or something about a client is triggering something in me because it's also been the case that for me, and this is something that I hear a lot in coaching, your ideal client is you five minutes ago. So in a lot of ways that can be like, super exhilarating and like healing when you're able to guide someone through something that you have uh, a really good understanding of and also that you can 
have a greater understanding of based on your the reflection of that person um showing you know what you were going through what you've been through going on in them so it can be really healing and mutual in that way but depending on what you were going through five minutes ago sometimes it can also be really triggering and something that forces you to face things that are going on within you that you haven't quite addressed and i don't like insert my stories or my background onto my clients but it's definitely it, it informs the way that i am able to help my clients so to have that time to like be the client i think is just imperative for myself and also for the growth of my business because the more that i'm able to work on myself the more available and beneficial i am to my clients so it's definitely not something to look over that balance of doing your own spiritual work when also doing it as a living for other people right it makes me think of the and i'm probably going to butcher the exact quotation of it but it's like the teacher always remains the student in a sense um amazing answers so i'm going to open up if you guys want to ask any questions to the group or to myself do you guys have any spiritually related questions or any kind of questions at all feel free to jump in here i think the biggest question that i always had with with uh watching your journey because i've been watching i think since like 2017 or 18 and um this is what really always stuck out to me because i think i found you during the that time where i was losing my spirituality and you really um you know you had a big impact on my life in that time period especially um how did you find that like just like inner drive to keep putting yourself out there even as there was not feedback you know what i mean like because i feel like that's that's something i always struggled with is like continuously putting myself out there when there's not any feedback and not any anyone really paying attention and i always like admired you for that because i feel like you always had that sense of like i'm just gonna put myself out there because this is what i love to do and i just want to do it and i i just always admire that about you and i feel like you always um helped everyone believe in themselves based on your example of you believing in yourself throughout your journey. Thank you. That's really sweet. So it's interesting because I feel like, especially with the online world and where it sort of entered my life in a sense, I won't say it was unhealthy, but it was a little bit of an escape for me. So where I got to like I had this whole inner world that I had no idea how to express. And it's not a bad thing, but sometimes when you don't have the right people around you or the right people to help translate what's going on inside you, around you, you can feel all of the suppressed energy or creative energy or whatever it is of like, or just need to explore. So for me, when I got into the online world, and then also too, when I started to really open up my spirituality, like I felt spiritual as a kid, but I wouldn't have called it that. But I also didn't really have anybody to be like, what is this feeling I have that I want to go hug a tree? Why do I think trees have feelings? <laughs> like nobody I knew would think that trees had feelings. So I would just, it, it, it empowered me to go out on my own and just figure it out. Again, I'm gonna use the term double-edged sword because it also was, there was definitely times too where I was like, God, this is lonely. And yeah, it feels great to be exploring and 
at the time looking at it in hindsight i can definitely see how it was maybe my soul's path my soul's journey that i had to go it alone for a little while i had to push myself to keep going to keep exploring because nobody was going to do it for me and at the time nobody was doing it with me and so for me it was like well it feels better than just kind of keeping it all closed up inside so i'm going to just keep putting it out there and keep putting it out there and then I will say though, there does come a point, and I think you said that you're getting to this point, Nicoel, but you do start to attract people that are in the same realm, that are into the same things. And that does come with a lot of encouragement. And I'm sure you guys have felt that, whether it is with clients or whether it is with good positive feedback or people that you just connect with where you're like, wow, that was amazing. Where then that really starts to pick it up and you're like, all of a sudden you're not doing it alone anymore. But I definitely feel like for myself, it was just, it was this new area that I had tapped into where I could fully express myself and fully just be myself. And even at times, again, in hindsight, depending on how far back you go, I know you both have said since 2015 or to, since 2008, where you're like, you look back, you're like, oh, that one was a little uh, like where you just maybe shouldn't have expressed that one. But it's also cute in hindsight because it's all of our journeys. Right. And they're so unique. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it was just being able to express myself, being able to finally have this safe space that I felt like was mine. I mean, most of my surrounding people didn't really even know about my YouTube until it really started to take off. And then all of a sudden I had to be like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> like, that's that. I'm that person on YouTube that you saw because people would be like, was that you? So it really just was a new outlet. It was an outlet that I didn't have. It became almost the friend that I needed or like that that go-to person where I could just openly be like, this is all the things I want to word vomit and share. And it felt so good. And that's what kept me coming back. Uh, thank you for that question. That was really sweet. Yeah, and I just want to second that, the just openness that you have. And I also, I can sense your hesitancy, especially bringing up like spiritual topics. I can almost see you hear the like backlash of people who dislike that kind of like language and i'm always like no don't listen to them because it is so so like powerful when you do share and the more open and the more vulnerable that you are i can understand why that would be so nerve-wracking like i have those nerves and i have like 5,000 subscribers so it's like no one's watching me compared to the audience that you have and it's really something so admirable and so helpful and so useful and I know even like you shared your birth time once so like randomly in a vlog you were like oh it's so funny that's the time that I was born I was immediately like <laughs> and it's actually like so useful even for me hearing you everything that you opened up with like about your mom that's like visible in your chart and that like even helps me see like more like i said the more that i learn or look into things that have nothing to do with astrology the more that i'm able to learn about astrology so you've been just like i also found you at at a tough time in my life um, interestingly, like we had similar like yoga teacher training experiences. I had mine in India in 2018, which is when I found you um, from, I think like your Thailand vlog. And to, to then see you like go through that a couple of years later. And I was like, 
I don't know. I, this isn't even a question. This is just like rambling on about how like meaningful you sharing your journey has been to me. And I feel like, uh, again, like everyone is a reflection of a part of us inside. And so it's, it's very cool to be sitting here talking to you essentially. <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I also do find I, it's a little bit of both actually when it comes to when I do self-censor, uh, specifically about spirituality, because there is the part of me and I have read comments before, I've received comments before where it's like people that obviously have never explored it at all and they're like, what is this sudden, sudden like witchy woo woo stuff that you're into? Um, actually, I would say it goes three ways because then you do get that middle ground and we didn't get to talk about this today, but I'm sure you guys have maybe sensed it or felt it in, in your own paths, maybe, I don't know, but there is, and this is with everything, not just with spirituality, but there's also this lane of, you get this energy that comes back of people that do get into spirituality or anything else and suddenly they're telling you whether you're doing it right or wrong. And so if you do start to share, like I know Nicoelle, you said you like to make your own spreads. I love doing that too. And then you get people being like, you're doing it wrong. Like that's not how you're supposed to do spreads. That's not how you're supposed to read cards. It's not how you're supposed to do natal charts. Like you don't know what you're doing. That's not Wicca. That's not this. That's not that. And it's like, but what if you're not trying to do that? What if you're trying to translate how things coordinate with you? But the third thing is I, I actually feel like this was the one that gets me the most. And I grew up around a lot of people that weren't necessarily spiritual. And so, and I, I just, I'm an adaptable person. So when I communicate, it's almost like there's a bazillion voices in my head of like, how would be the best way to communicate what I'm trying to express right now to somebody who's not spiritual, but also to somebody who's spiritual, but also to somebody who's a little bit spiritual or somebody that's a little bit religious. And so all of a sudden I'll be like trying to say something, but I'll be trying to say it like six different ways where I'd be like, if it was just me in my journal, I would be much more spiritually inclined to say it this way. But if I'm reaching out to this audience and there's somebody that's super cerebral or super logical, how can I express this? Because I really do think a lot of it is the same. We're all expressing energy and you can definitely find ways with different people to express it in a way that can connect with them. Um, but yes, you are right. I definitely still self-censor with it, but there are times where this energy comes through and I just like, it, it does flow. And, and I'm sure you guys have expressed that with yourselves too. Just like your spirituality just comes right out of you and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like you're thinking. It just flows and you're just like, yes, I said it perfectly. That's exactly how I feel. Where if anybody was to come at you, you'd be like, that's fine because I'm so sure about what I've just felt or experienced or expressed. So yeah, but thank you guys both so much for this conversation. It was so enlightening. It was so nice to speak with both of you. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing not only your insights, but just your gifts and your thoughts. And yeah, just thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed your coffees. Uh, Nina, I hope you have a safe flight today. <laughs> And you guys are amazing. You're beautiful people. And I appreciate this conversation so much. Thank you so much for having us. I, I remember when I sent in the, the application and then I got it back and I was like, oh my God, no way. <laughs> We're doing this. This is happening. So I really appreciate it. It was, it was really fun. And I think having these conversations always boosts all of our spirituality. So I appreciate both of you guys. <laughs> I appreciate both of you too. And I've written it in comments before, but I haven't said out loud, congratulations, Caitlin, on your little baby. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Oh, maybe it's a little witch. We'll find out soon. <laughs> okay, thanks guys. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Bye.